You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. Mary, uh, I have a uh, question for you today, kind of like a quiz, a multiple choice quiz to get us started. Donald Trump is out, uh, despite the fact that he was recently diagnosed with COVID. He is out doing live rallies again. He did a big one in uh, Florida last night. And inquiring minds want to know, why is he doing these rallies? Uh, Let me give you some choices. A, he is doing the rallies because he thinks he's in a tight election, for instance, in states like Florida. And he has always believed that his ability to stir a crowd will push him over uh, the edge. Or B, he knows he's about to get his fanny kicked and he's going to lose this election and then he won't be able to do one of his favorite things anymore, uh, hold these rallies. So he wants to get as many in as he can or C, none of the above. Or both of the above. Tell me about that. I mean, I think that he does love doing them and he is worried about losing. So, you know, I mean, it's a little like, uh, this is going to sound a little crude, but like a breakup final, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, like this- What, like he's, he's having... One more attempt at makeup sex before they break up? Yeah, it's like breakup sex. (laughs) Oh, oh, this is a bad image. I know. So sorry about that. But he does love doing that. But I think your first point, A, is probably closer to the truth, that he doesn't believe that he can win unless he's out there doing rallies. I mean, for him, that's the magic. He never understood, I think, that Putin was the magic. I think he thought he was the magic. And when he went out and got his base all riled up, that's what put him over with Hillary. And and it probably did have some effect. Unfortunately, the moment is so different than 2016. And this is what I think he's missing, um, being so busy, you know, programming to what he thinks the finale should be, as opposed to the real moment that he lives in. Well, and he's missing for a guy who, you know, at least imagines himself something of a TV whiz, and maybe he is. I mean, he's commanded our attention for almost uh, four four years. He seems to be missing that television, first and foremost, is visuals. And the visuals of these rallies of people jammed together, we can see that. There's no social distance of people without masks, we can see that. And then yesterday, we can see, let's kindly call him his buddy, his buddy sycophant, Governor Ron DeSantis. We can see him maskless, high-fiving as he walks along, and then for God's sake, wiping his nose. I know, I mean, that was so crazy. It really is like they don't understand. It's 2020. And the lives we are all living now to not just to protect ourselves, but to protect people around us. And it's very, to me, it's super insulting that they think, well, those rules don't apply. And for Trump to go out and say, 
I've defeated it. You know, I'm Superman. It's a joke to what he wanted to wear, Superman T-shirt. And just to remind the rest of us, we're just a bunch of weaklings that can't manage COVID the way he and his followers can. I find that's really, really insulting. In fact, one I heard this yesterday. This, you know, the you know how they're interviewing all these voters now. And this one voter, old woman like us, says, it's really insulting to me that he's going out and doing these rallies and I have not seen my grandchildren in almost a year. And I thought, wow, that's why he's losing the old vote because we're taking it seriously and he and his, his followers are not. Well, I think you're absolutely right. You know, there have been a couple of moments in the last couple of months that I think all of us felt he thought he had a public relations moment and it turned on him. June 1st, walking across the street, uh, having Bill Barr clear the protesters from uh, Lafayette Square and holding the Bible upside down in front of the church, that did not go well. And I think that that was a bad moment for him. But I think that pales next to this one, because I think what Americans are feeling looking at it is, oh, good, you got through pretty quickly. You had medical care that my family is never going to dream of at all. You took chances and risks that you're telling us, your, your, your government, your advisors are telling us not to take, and you are willing to continue to put people at risk. I think not at an intellectual level, I think at a very visceral, emotional level, there are people who say, no, I've had it. This is too much. I agree. And, you know, you wonder about the folks who go to the rallies. And I heard someone this morning on Morning Joe, and they were talking about how it's a cult and you lose reason, make a reference to if you see folks out at rallies for dictators, you know, like, remember after the Ayatollahs took over in um Iran and you'd see all those people in public square and I would think to myself are they forced to be there or do they want to be there cuz I'm the kind of person that probably be like okay you go there but I'm not going <laughs> you know what I mean like I right. can't be bothered I've got dinner to make and so I was thinking that about these Trump rallies I mean these are people there of their own free will they understand the risks what possibly could be the attraction to going to that rally to see him? I, I, that puzzles me. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that, but it puzzles me on why I won't go to a place with 10 people in it. No, I know. And I mean, we know from the White House rally the other day that people were paid, or at least their expenses were paid to be there, that he could not, you know, the rally, the intention was that he was going to have people of color there to show that actually, despite what you might hear, people of color uh, uh, generally are wildly enthusiastic for Donald Trump. But in order to do that, they had to pay them to, to be there. Okay, that's a very small fraction. I have a bigger theory. There is something about us as human beings that like to get together and feel community, feel like we're with others, cheer, yell that we're part of this, even though it's pointless. And if you're not sure of that, 
check the Cleveland Browns fans for the last 10 years <laughs> or so. But it was worth it because the Browns are winning now. So it was all worth Yeah, they're, win- <laughs> they're winning now. Don't worry about it, Mary. I was a Cleveland sports fan for a long time. That is going to go badly. <laughs> It's not going to end oh, well. Oh, my Lord. At, <laughs> at all. But maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe cheering for Donald Trump is that same tribal instinct as cheering for Northwestern, who's not going to win either. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a good theory, John, because otherwise it's just a puzzle. It's not like he's delivered... For a lot of people, I get that he's delivered for the big money donors on the tax cut. I read an article today that billionaires, and I don't know how many billionaires there are in the United States, on average have tripled their wealth during the pandemic. That's in less than a year. Yep, Mary, do you mean the billionaires (laughs) and the millionaires? Is that who you mean? mean, That's just stunning to me. It's absolutely and then, stunning. And you know, the, the religious right, I get it right now. Amy Coney Barrett is testifying her, you know, her heart out, fighting for her life to get her job. <laughs> and, um, and she's very composed, and we'll talk about her later in the week. She's doing exactly the job she was supposed to do. So I do think that for those folks, he's delivered. But how about the guys in... Florida, Ohio, that go to his rallies. That's not, those people I just described, although religious right might be, are not the ones at his rallies. So your explanation may be one that is understandable because even we, I think, on the left feel a kinship that we did not feel four years ago. Meaning no matter how big the democratic tent is, everybody waited for the day you did you see people waiting like 11 hours in georgia yesterday to vote yes. and one some of the people they interviewed say i have been waiting to cast this vote since the day after the election last year yeah and i i don't want to trivialize it by uh comparing it to cleveland sports <laughs> sorry about the shot sorry shot there. Uh, ouch uh uh there i don't want to trivialize it because there is something, and you're right. I think that the voters uh, lining up in in Georgia felt that you know, and for the Trump voters, I think there is a real fear of what they identify as the socialists, the liberals, the Democrats, who who they truly fear are coming to take away their lives. And I, I'm sorry to pivot just a little bit, but I, I do have a link here. Uh, you know, we're talking about this kind of devotion. We also talked about Cleveland sports. I want to about talk something that was part of one of the glory moments of Cleveland sports, but it's something really important going on right now. It's wonderful that LeBron James uh, wins another, uh, uh, not only world championship in basketball, but an MVP. I think this makes three different teams. I don't think any athlete has done anything quite like it. But it was especially wonderful, first, that the first words out of his mouth about voting and more wonderful how much this has gotten under the skin of Rushbo Limbaugh and Donald Trump. And Laura Ingalls. And Laura. (laughs) But it is funny that um, it really bothers them that 
he has a voice. Why would LeBron James not have the right to have a voice? I really don't understand that. I don't object when, you know, Kelsey Grammer goes out and talks, you know, for Trump. I mean, he has the right to have an opinion. Yeah, Mary, I think we have a right to have a certain, uh, what's the word, pride, respect, admiration for LeBron. I, I mean, for one reason, he's a product of uh, Northeast Ohio. He's from Akron, Ohio where I was born, he went to a Catholic high school, which has been a lot of our past, Akron, St. Vincent, St. Mary's. He played uh, in Cleveland for the Cavaliers twice, took them to, am I right in saying like the first championship since the Browns won in 1964? Yes. Sound about about right? Yeah, so a lot of those reasons, but something more than that. When we compare him to a lot of other athletic superstars. I'm not going to single anybody out, but just kind of in general. LeBron is proving in many ways in his service work, his charitable acts, his uh, political activism, who he is as a man to be a really, really, really admirable guy. Don't you think? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, you just... There's never scandal around that guy. He's invested so much money in Akron and his community work. And he he's such a superstar that why would he care what Rush Limbaugh or even Trump? I mean, if you remember when we were in Paris last summer and people would say, oh, where are you, you're American. Where are you from? When we, Mo and I would say Cleveland, they'd be like, LeBron. LeBron. Yeah, he's, we- <laughs> he is an international superstar but he puts his money where his mouth is and his time so it's not just his treasure but his time and his talents and i think yes we have a certain hometown pride for him but i think as americans he's a great example of people living there what they believe in yeah and if if you have a choice i guess this one's obvious of pointing and saying to your son my daughter your sons or my daughter, uh, which kind of man would I like you to be, Donald Trump or LeBron James? Yeah, I'm going with LeBron. (laughs) Basketball aside. Basketball aside. And I have to tell you, if I have a choice of which one I want to see in a Superman shirt, I'm going with LeBron. (laughs) No doubt. Oh, my God. I mean, no, we will never, you know, our lives get over the image of Trump in a tight-fitting Superman. Yeah, and it's my, horrible. Uh, and my only disappointment is that the people in the White House talked him out. Oh, of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing. Listen, we got a lot more of Amy Coney Barrett to watch. It just seems like every week is a really busy week. It certainly does. And we got three weeks till the election, and I can't wait. Mm. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.